Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We're Paris and Alana, friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. So it's actually, I feel like it's actually good timing. We're actually talking about crisis because even going towards Christmas, mm-hmm. I feel like this has a bit of like, lots of people I feel like struggle around Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because I feel like a lot of things can come up. You're with a lot of different people. There's there's yes. different things that can yeah, add fuel to, to fires. So anyways, I feel like this mm-hmm. is maybe better timing than we think it is. So. That's good. Anyways, I'm pumped. So thinking about crisis in our marriage. So, um, I find when couples go through like a crisis, there seems to be two paths that a couple can walk. Um, notice it's like when when crisis comes and not if it comes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. Thinking about it, right? In the Bible, we're told, you know, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles mm. come your way, consider it, you know, pure joy. In James one two. So just because yeah. we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that we're exempt from troubles and problems, which I'm sure yeah. we all understand. <laughs> yeah. But so thinking about those two paths, I'll share a bit of a story that happened recently to Jeff and I, and you'll kind of see these two paths that I had in front of me. Um, so we were on our way home from La Crete. So we were up there visiting Jeff's family up northern Alberta. And uh, somewhere between these two towns... So between Red Earth and Slave Lake, which I don't know if anyone will understand what I'm meaning, but if you're from that area. I understand you, Alana. (laughs) (laughs) So somewhere between that area, we had to stop because Ellis was crying and he was really tired. So I had to, you know, try and rock him to sleep and hold him. And so we paused, we parked and Jeff got out and had a pee and he put the keys, he had the keys in his pocket and he set them on the hood of the car and I'm um, rocking Ellis and we get him to sleep. I put him back in his car seat and then we start driving so we get to Slave Lake where we're going to gas up and get some food and keep going. And as we're in the McDonald's drive through Jeff's like, Alana, where are the keys? Mm. And I was like, oh, I saw that like they were in the front. They were like, you know, kind of by your feet, you know, at the front there. He's like, mm, nope. And I was like, okay, well, I saw you had like put them on like the windshield, like of the hood, you know, when we were parked. Did you, did you bring them in like when you were, when you came into the van? And so we go and we park and Jeff gets out. And as soon as he opens the door, the van starts beeping. It's like, keys not in van. Yeah. Keys aren't in the vehicle. And so we realized that Jeff had put them on the hood, started driving, didn't bring them in. And at some point, (laughs) the keys must have just popped off and landed in the snow somewhere along the way. And so we're like freaking out. We're like, oh my goodness, like what do we do? One, how on earth can a vehicle still be running without the keys in it? That's bonkers. But two, like good thing we didn't shut off our vehicle or else we would not be able to turn the vehicle back on. Yeah. So we're calling around seeing, okay, can we drive somewhere nearby and get a new fob for our van? Because it's not like a normal key. It's like the push button start, right? Right. Okay. And so um, maybe I should have led with that. But anyways, so (laughs) turns out, nope, doesn't work doesn't work to get a new like fob for the van um so our only option is to just drive all the way home so this is like a 16 hour drive that we now have to do (laughs) all in one shot which we are going to be breaking up in two days because we have our two kids in the van as well Mm -hmm, we're like oh mm -hmm, my goodness mm -hmm. but we're also like what happens if we just start driving 
and this times out like all of a sudden the van will just shut off because the keys oh, aren't man. in here and there's a bunch of chunks with no service and we'd just be stuck there in our van that wouldn't run yeah so anyways i was telling this to my girlfriends the other day the story so anyways in the end we we ended up having to drive all the way we just would have to like gas up <laughs> along the way just to make sure we would you know we would make it and not break down and have a cold vehicle um mm-hmm. but we made it we made it home it was late but the kids were champs and uh we were exhausted, but we made it. Um, so I was telling my girlfriend, uh-huh. and we were like, oh my goodness. Like, were you just like so mad at Jeff? Like, for leaving the keys? Like, was that just – like, you know, that was like – they were yeah, wondering. Yeah, first initial totally thought. Valid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Like, were you just so upset, like, at him? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? No, I wasn't. Like, I, it was one of those things, like, it's done. It's happened. The keys are gone. Like, I, we can't just – I can't, you know, bring them back by them being mad. It. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing that's not going to fix anything. Yes. And they're like, oh my goodness, like, that's so good of you. Like, good for you. And, but I was thinking like, what would that have helped if I had gotten upset? And like, that would have just made right. him feel like shame and guilt mm-hmm. for something that was totally non-intentional. Was an accident. Yeah. Exactly. And so I realized when I was telling the girlfriends and that's what they had said, that in that, in that moment, I had two choices where I could either choose connection or disconnection mm-hmm. with Jeff. Like, and this was through so many other things when things are coming up. When you have this opportunity in front of you, okay, am I going to stay connected with you or am I going to disconnect? And it's like almost like selfishness in a sense, like depending what you choose. But anyways, it was just really interesting thinking about it afterwards and um in that light and not that this is like a giant crisis i know like other couples you're like alana this is a joke compared to what's going on in my life and i get that <laughs> but in the time we were like oh my goodness what are we gonna do mm-hmm. and so it just i think it really it was it was an eye-opening experience for me to be like okay there was a, this bigger thing that happened and i had an opportunity to stay connected with him or to like disconnect from him. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. And that's like the bottom line for everything (laughs) in marriage, right? right? Like we are ultimately choosing connection or we're not choosing connection, which means we are adding that wall of disconnect between us and that's friction. And it's not communicating things clearly. It's also showing us, you know, ways that we really need to step it up a notch places we need to grow as own individuals. So, I mean, there's always beauty within it, but it's a matter of really chinking that mindset to think that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with all of this said, I'm glad you shared this Lana, because what we're going to go into is really all founded on the basis of connection and disconnection. Cause we're going to talk crisis today. Um, and like Lana said, it's not a matter of if your marriage goes through crisis is a matter of when, because we know that hardships are part of life. Um, and we're going to just break this down for you guys and be super vulnerable with you guys as we do it. One of the biggest things we can do to advocate for the strength of our marriages is to be prepared, to be equipped. Um, that was so beyond me when I first got married. <laughs> mm. And now we're like eight years into marriage. And I, we've gone through some very, very big crises in our 
just eight years of being married. And I'm like, man, if I had known X, Y, and Z, if I had done X, Y, and Z before this hit, it's like, I could have gotten through this so much better and been, you know, supportive to Neil so much better or really showing up despite how I was feeling, or just at least being able to communicate how I was feeling through a trauma, whatever it may be. So we want to bring that to the table today because being equipped is huge. Because when life hits you that hard and it takes you out of the knees and our marriages aren't built on rocks to withstand these hardships, it quickly becomes a very slippery slippery slope and we don't get through it as gracefully as we could have, right? And we don't want to get through crises on a disconnect in terms of our marriage goes. Like Alana said, we want to maintain that connection, right? Mm-hmm. And that really reminds me. So I'm reading a book called Created for Connection. Um, highly recommend it. It's so far, it's been fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a quote from there. I put it in my phone because I was like, I do not want to forget this because it was so good. So, um, so it says, underneath all the distress, partners are asking each other, can I count on you and depend on you? Are you there for me? Will you respond to me when I need and when I call? Do mm-hmm. I matter to you? Am I valued mm-hmm. and loved by you? Do you need me? and rely on me so the anger and criticism and demands are really cries to their lovers calling to stir their hearts and draw their mates back in emotionally and reestablish a safe sense of connection yeah right so it's like when your negative emotions are coming up and you're feeling um you know anger and confusion and um disconnect that really we're showing those negative emotions because we're feeling that disconnect and we just, mm-hmm. we're longing for our partner to, to see what yes. area we're feeling lacking in, right? It's like, yes, no, I just, I need to feel valued right now or I mm-hmm. need to feel um, like I matter to you. And, mm-hmm. and it's in those moments where, where we can often say things that we regret yes. trying to get those needs met, right? It's like, you know, you never understand me when we're just, we're trying to feel understood Mm-hmm. But instead of trying to help your partner understand what you're saying, we can say it in a way that's really pointed and yeah. then stirs up a whole mess of other issues, right? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And that's something I can really relate to on a personal level. I think all of us can. Um, you know, we all have a tendency to burst out in a specific emotion when we're hurt or we're going through something that's really making us feel compromised or unsafe as people, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's anger or you just, you know, you become kind of a recluse or you're very disconnected, you make yourself over busy, whatever it may be, right? We all have these tendencies that are like a self-protection mechanism, but we'll also project those back onto our spouse in a negative way, right? When mm-hmm. really we should be like, okay, why do I feel this way? It's because I am feeling like I really need this need met. Or like you were saying from that quote, Elena, I just want to know that you're going to be here to take care of me because I'm going through th- something that's really scary right now, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to communicate that effectively, not yeah. through blowing up on our spouses, right? Yeah, but how difficult. <laughs> I feel like they... I wish they taught us this stuff in school, you know, where it's No kidding. Real life lessons. Right? Oh, yeah. That would just set us all up for success. (laughs) It's true. And that's why I'm so thankful that we have the Bible. (laughs) And people who are just open and honest and writing books like this, you know, and sharing stories like this, like it's huge. So um, going even a level deeper, um, 
I think it, I think we should talk about some big things that show up in crises that really, um, if they're not effectively targeted as, okay, this is going to blow our marriage up. Um, we need to address these things and we just kind of want to give you a guideline with these things. Okay. So often a lot of, a lot of crises will encircle around these three things, not learning how to communicate effectively, right? <laughs> if we cannot communicate effectively in our marriages, that is pretty much the foundation of all fights. It's true, right? Like so many things could be prevented if we could effectively communicate to our spouse and our spouse to us. That is a lifelong lesson, by the way. And I'm, I'm saying this because I'm preaching to myself. It's not a final destination kind of thing. It's not like, oh, I've learned all these things. We're good to go. It's not like that because no. seasons change. You change. Life change changes, right? Yeah. So it's a lifelong journey. And I think it's amazing to be able to view that in a way that's beautiful, you know, like mm -hmm. looking forward to it, that you get your whole life to do this with your spouse. Do yeah, you have any I like that comments? Yeah. I like that you're saying it like that too, because thinking about, um, so Jeff and I were just a part of this like marriage workshop and I had no idea who was going to be there. You could, there was only 25 couples. So going in, I was like, okay, like I'm wondering if this friend's going to be there and that person and blah, blah, blah. You're just wondering who's all going to be at this thing. And the majority of the people were way older than us. And I was like, really? Oh, I did not expect this at all. But it just mm -hmm. went to show like that, that these couples, you know, 10, 15, 30 years. There was a couple there that celebrated mm -hmm. their 50 year wedding anniversary. Amazing. Over the weekend. But like how incredible that these couples are still wanting to Pursuing. Yes. pursue each other and pursue yes. a an incredible marriage. And so I was like, wow, how beautiful. But to like is. thinking about communication, like that was like 90% of Jeff and my like arguments when we first got married was just, mm. we just had miscommunication. Like, yeah, same as us. He tried yeah, to relay sure. something. I took it as this thing. And then my yeah. feelings were hurt and he's not understanding why. Cause you know, yeah. so much of it is just around <laughs> communication. And I think that's yeah. just a learned thing. Like yeah, as you go sure. through your marriage, you learn how you each view things and how, mm -hmm. I don't know, different personalities think differently, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I feel like that absolutely. plays a role in it. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone listening to, um, don't wait until you're in a crisis in your marriage to effectively learn how to communicate because oftentimes we'll brush things aside, right? We'll brush. It's like, oh, this is just, it comes up every once in a while. Like it's fine. But things build on each other. Yeah. And that's when we'll often have just something traumatic happen, or it's just that last straw in our marriage and then things explode. And we, that's what we're trying to prevent here. Um, and one of those things, and this leads into our second thing is past traumas and past identities or even current identities that are affecting your marriage now that you haven't dealt with. These mm -hmm. often will show up in a really, really detrimental way to us when they are not addressed immediately. And this is something that's really hard for all of us that have brought trauma or, you know, identities that are not what Christ is about us into our marriage. Um, and it's easy to kind of push those deep, deep, deep down inside of us because they only come up when something triggers us. Right. Right. And so 
that's important to take note of because how many times are you going to get triggered and how much more severe is, is that reaction going to be every time both on your health, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, your marriage's health and your spouse's health and anybody else involved. You know, it's, it's so important for us to address these things that are really affecting you that severely and just do away with it because to just continue to live with that kind of bondage and stronghold um, that the enemy ultimately casts onto us for the rest of our life is not what Christ is intended for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, when I was um, thinking about this episode, I had read this thing. It was like on a focus of the family um, website and they had put it really, really well. And I think it ties into what you just said. Um, And they said like, what a crisis comes down to is this when external or internal forces reach critical mass and coping mechanisms fail, an emotional crisis in the marriage begins to build. And if it does, mm-hmm. outside help is almost always needed, right? And so yeah, for is sure. this in common, mm-hmm. like wise counseling, um, you know, emotional, spiritual support from a mentor or, or a close friend. Yes. Um, and we're like, we're all for counseling and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of time that can also help dealing with those past traumas and those identities that you're struggling with and that are affecting your marriage. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I'm glad you said that. And then the third thing that often plays into crisis and just marriages really having a hard time staying glued together in a beautiful way is, you know, not addressing active hurts, not addressing worldly activities or behavioral issues that are not biblical, that are part of your marriage. Um, and I'm just going to throw some examples out there. We talked about porn a lot. We did a big series on that. Pornography could be one of these things. Alcohol abuse could be one of these things. Emotional things could be the, part of this, you know, like anger issues. Um, so yeah. that kind of stuff is huge to address. And, and this is where a lot of people, I think, shut down. They're like, okay, but my spouse deals with this and I don't deal with this so much. I'm on the, the receiving end of the hurt. What about the person who is, you know, actively wrapped up in these bondages. How do I address this? And a lot of people just shut down and, and for lack of a better term, you really do become a victim to this because nobody's doing anything about this. And like Alana just said, this is not a time to him and haw about what's going on in your marriage and how you're going to fix this. You almost always need outside help. And I think it's just a matter of just doing the thing, pray about it, bring it before the Lord. Um, And it's really important, obviously, to bring it up to your spouse in a very, very considerate and loving demeanor um, to show that you really do care about them, care about them. You care about your marriage. You want to pursue a marriage that is just beautiful. Can we get some help? You know, are are you open to this? This is something that's really heavy on my heart and I would love to pursue with you. Um, obviously it's going to be so different depending on the scenario that you're in and personality types, you know, everything comes into play there, but the bottom line is if these things are part of your marriage, those are red flags. They are not serving you or your spouse or the Lord. We know that. Um, and, and we know that there's so much more for us. Christ has come to bring us freedom and to bring it abundantly. Right. Yeah. No, that's really good. That was perfect. Hey, awesome. So this is some other things that Alana and I really wanted to share. So those are some 
three big <laughs> crisis topics that often will, you know, manifest in ways we don't want them to in our marriage. So when we are on shaky grounds like this in marriages, or if our marriages get to the point where this starts to happen, right? We want to give you some rock to stand on with amazing wisdom from the best of the best. This is all pulled out of scripture. And we're really excited to share this with you because this is from the one who created you and I, you know, not only as individuals, but he also created the sacred union of our marriages. So God really is the mastermind behind all of it. So never ever demean the power of scripture and the wisdom in it to bring things forth and, and breathe life back into your marriages. Right. Yeah. So number one is you're never fighting against each other. (laughs) I think that this is so easy for us to just forget, you know, we're not fighting against each other. Um, we have a very real enemy. So when we are going through crisis, the fight is not against our spouse. It's, it's against the enemy. Um, you know, scripture tells us our wars against spiritual forces. It's not against human to human. It's not a personal battle. You know, this is very much spiritual forces. So it's so important for us to remind ourselves of that literally daily because it's a daily thing, right? Alana, do you have anything to add to that? Um, something I think just would be like a practical practice um, when thinking mm-hmm. about this is just to to read through Ephesians and put on mm, like God's yes. armor daily. Absolutely. Um, I remember growing up, I, it was like a, I had it on paper and I had to like memorize it as a kid in, um, Mm -hmm. like Sunday school Mm -hmm. and it was huge. Like, so now like I know them all off by heart. So like do, do that, put them somewhere, read them every day to remember to have yourself covered in the armor of God. And I think that's like a practical way to read it and to remind yourself like, no, this armor, I'm putting it on so I can stand against the enemy's attacks. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I think thinking about like a practical way to think about it is like just reading that over yourself and Mm -hmm. covering you and your husband or, you know, your wife, whatever, um, in the armor of God to just have their back in that way too. Absolutely. I I love that. I love that you shared that scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, secondly, and this goes obviously right along with what you just said, Alana is you're also standing firm in the word and in prayer. And that's part of our spiritual armor is being in the presence of the Lord, right? That is where he is he's covering us, you know, like I love the scripture in Psalms where it talks about God being like a mother hen, you know, and the Mm. pinions of his wings are covering his children protection. And I often will visualize that as I'm praying. And I'm like, man, like, I just love that picture. I love that picture. And that is just such a beautiful thing to know that God is that intimate with our struggles that he's there. He's covering us. He's protecting us. You know, he's fighting for us. And I think that is just so beautiful. And on kind of a funny note, um, I do raise chickens. So that also hits home too. <laughs> yeah. I get to see the hens with their chicks. And that brought it to a whole new level of appreciation for me because it's so precious. You know, I had a tiny little chicken take on a full size dog in a fight and she won and she saved her chicks. I'm like, dang, God, it wasn't pulling around when he mentioned that scripture. (laughs) It's like, I just love that so much. Yeah. So it's true. Standing firm in the word and in prayer, covering yourself with scripture, spending time in scripture over your marriages is huge. That's a huge part of our warfare. Yeah. 
Um, the next one is to prepare your heart to offer grace and forgiveness instead of leveling criticism and placing blame on each other for the pain you're feeling. Hmm. Right? I was like, even just reading that. That's hard. (laughs) It's hard. It's so easy to level criticism and match. Mm. um, Even if that's what like your partner is, is doing to you, right? It's really easy to just, you know, defend yourself and then. Deliver it right back. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's easier said than done, right? I think to, Mm. to have that grace and forgiveness in your heart. But I think it just needs to be a really intentional thing to be like, okay, no you know, God's given me this grace. I haven't earned it. And so yes. I can, right? It's just thinking about it yeah, like that. Absolutely. So absolutely. I need to be, I need to be showing that same grace and forgiveness to my spouse. Right. Because ultimately, yes. Cause we're, we are called to mirror Christ and his attributes, right? Like who is God to us? Who has he been for us? And you know, that's where our, that's where the rubber meets the road is. <laughs> When you are like in a heated conversation or position in your marriage and you are ready to deliver the comments right back, right? You know, if, if your spouse has said something that offended you, it's easy to take offense. We're told yet not to take offense. So being able to come back with grace and offer forgiveness is so hard, but man, I will tell you what Neil has humbled me on many occasions because he's a (laughs) professional forgiver and apologizer and he diffuses everything in marriage I kid you not I've never met anyone who has a gift of that like he does Mm. and he just literally you know in scripture how God says like you'll put ashes on on the head of your enemy right because you're offering back you know you know they slapped your cheek but here you are like loving them back that's what Neil does to me all the time (laughs) Mm. Neil's amazing at it and I'm like wow like I can't even be mad if I want to anymore because he's just really laying all of Christ's love on thick. And I'm like, I can't, like, it's done, done. Um, so speaking on the, on behalf of the person who I'm the fighter in our marriage, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to water that one down. I am Mm. a very passionate person. So it's easy for me to get riled up really fast. And Neil is definitely the calm to the storm. And so I'm on the receiving end of him just diffusing things all the time. And I'm like, man, that's amazing. Like it just amazes me to see that. And then it gives me so much more honor and respect, not only for Neil as a man, like a hundred percent, but even going further to looking at God for us. I'm like, man, like God, so much for us as humans, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And even then to, to have that as an example and then, okay. Like even for like listening to it. So, okay, well that maybe that's something we all need to work on. Like who doesn't want to be that for their spouse? Yes. That's right. Right. So that's, that's like right. another thing. It's like a great thing to kind of aspire towards. It's like, yeah, I want to be the one who diffuses it all. Like I, I want to be able to, to choose forgiveness even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's really great. Yeah. I love that. And then lastly, we have come together within the sacredness of your anointed marriage, whether that's in prayer, in just raw, honest communication um, or intimacy, preferably all of the above, just make it a point daily to be present one, with one another. So especially when you are in crisis, this is huge. Um, and I'm speaking from a personal level again here, Neil, and I went through a, a, a tremendous loss in the family this past June, and it's still a very raw wound. But this 
last topic here really hit us really hard. And it's like, wow, I'm so glad we have the marriage we do. And we've put in the work that we have because we could comfort each other on such an intimate level. And that was huge for us. I, I honestly couldn't imagine going through that. Um, if we were walking on rocky ground, I think it, it things would have just fallen apart really, really fast. So mm. that going back to our conversation we had about being prepared and being equipped, like really intentionally pursuing your marriages now and your spouse now and, you know, working through the hard stuff. It's the grit and the grime and it's ugly work. It is ugly work a lot of the yeah. times. Um, it is 110% worth it. And that was just such a gift from God in, as we went through this trauma, um, that God was so present with us and bless us through, you know, the work that we had done alongside his power, obviously, cause it was definitely not within our own strength. And that was just amazing to witness. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important is to have those conversations, um, about how you can support each other. Yeah. when you're not in the crises or crises um yes so like and something they were talking about at the marriage weekend thing we were part of is how you know when you are beginning to feel disconnected from your spouse you can help them like i was mentioning earlier understand what you need in a way that's helpful and not a jab or it's not pointed right mm-hmm. So like you can mm-hmm. like Absolutely. practice it with the little things, right? You know, I've been feeling kind of disconnected from you lately. Do you think sometime this week we can spend some uninterrupted time together doing yeah. something, something you like, yeah. whatever it is that you think would feel that need in you, right? That's right. And so saying it like that is a lot more helpful and useful for your spouse than, you know, we never do anything anymore, mm-hmm. right? Well, then mm-hmm. like, what am I supposed to do with that information? Like, That's a great example. Yes. Right. Yeah, how so we deliver like a- our words and our feelings is everything. Exactly. And also something I realized too is like being able to actually identify what's making you feel emotionally detached from your spouse yes. can be really helpful. Because yes. I personally really, really struggle to name my emotions. And mm-hmm. so um, when we were at the marriage workshop thing, they had had like a feelings wheel up on mm-hmm. the screen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, this is so helpful. Like I just need this around all the time <laughs> because cool. I could see all these different feelings yeah. and be like, yeah, I could pin, be like, okay, yeah, this, when is, it, what it is. Like, this is what I would be feeling. Yeah. Um, when in the moment I really struggled to know how I'm feeling. Yes. Um, so I was like, that's a really helpful thing. But it's just tools like that where I just, you Absolutely. just learn as you grow along, right? Um, yeah. But having those conversations when you're not in the middle of a, a storm, right? to be able to do it beforehand so you can handle it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So to close this off, we just want to encourage you all, don't wait until your marriage is in a crisis. We need to begin addressing issues now. Like we said, need to do the dirty work now. It needs done. We all have dirt in our marriages. Um, We need to do it now. It's not something we want to brush aside because that just creates more issues and deeper hurts, right? Mm -hmm. Learning to communicate, working through things with forgiveness, dealing with the wounds from the past, addressing current threats or identities, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and getting into the nitty gritty, you know, like trust and intimacy, everything, everything that corresponds with your marriage should be something that is taken into review, taken in consideration, talked about, because when we're able to get on that kind of level with our spouse and have everything like laid on the table, it's so much simpler to just come together, right? 
and be able to understand each other and move forward together. Hey friends, thank you so much for hanging out with us as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions, and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram at Kingdom Sexuality. You'll find our Instagram handle below in the show notes, where you'll also see any other resource links we may have mentioned in today's episode. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. And we cannot wait to continue this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.